And she said, let's do it. The room's already paid for. <laughs> oh, golly. Uh, I'm afraid we have a potentially unpleasant situation on our hands here. Phil, would you repeat to Mr. Mellon the allegations that you've made to me? It's clear the work you've handed in is not your own. I'm accusing you of academic fraud. Fraud is such an ugly word. Considering the financial generosity that Mr. Mellon has shown towards our fine university here. I think Mr. Mellon should be expelled. What are you going to do about it? Well, Thornton, I'm only going to ask you this one time. Is the work that you turned in your own? I can't lie to you, Dean Martin. Yes, it is. I'm satisfied. Phil? I'm outraged. Well, gee whiz, Phil. I just asked the man if the work was his, and he said yes. Now, what do you want me to do? Torture him? <laughs> Come experience life as we know it, as some of you should know it. Yeah, yeah. Place, Marcy, Brooklyn, actions. Well, y'all know the actions. I got the shorty on my block, always clocking my rocks. He likes the style of profile, I think he won the mock. He likes the way y'all walk, he see my money. Everybody, episode 54. Tell me where to turn. Those are twist offs, sir. Okay. I cool. thought I thought I thought you were ribbing us. Just brought us a beer and no bottle opener. What were you about to try to do? Do it with your teeth? I was just gonna bite the whole top. <laughs> yeah, no, no teeth. You could do the thing where you break it off on the end of so, the table. So why are we drinking cans of Valvoline today? I don't understand. <laughs> because <laughs> we're about to arm wrestle. Uh, why when we walked in did? Glenn just have a solo flex in the corner. I've <laughs> been killing these traps all morning. But yeah, the Coors Original is a twist-off. You need no no opener. America's the greatest country I in the agree. world. So, episode 54, tell me where to turn. Uh, all three of us here. This week we're a little delayed recording. This week had a few conflicts, so we're... Recording up on a Sunday here but, at my uh, house. I want you to know that Dave and I had a great time at the country club yesterday. So thanks for asking. We need to talk about that. Uh, we we're still introing here. We'll get. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. We'll get to that. We we were a little delayed in recording. We had a great time at the country club. All right. Just I didn't mean to to distract you from whatever you're trying to do right now. So you can find uh, me on Twitter at Glenn three underscore eleven. You can find me at Tommy two underscore zero. You can find me at point break underscore Dave. And the show's Twitter account is at where to turn pod. So let's let's go straight to the country club and talk about can those I, events. Can I before we get to the country club, should we say where we're recording from? My house. Oh, I thought we were uh, recording from a bandwagon. As I see you're wearing a Chicago Cubs oh, t-shirt jersey today. You know my bit. When I go to different ballparks, I get a jersey. So we're recording from Glenn's bandwagon. <laughs> That's what is it? Is that, hold, on. hold on, you actually oh, bought and that? It's a, and a, it's a Chris Bryant bandwagon. This is getting even worse. Have you seen his eyes? Couldn't have at least gone with like a Jason Hayward to keep up your bit with your Adam Jones? That's all 
That's all they had. It was at the Cubs Double A affiliate ballpark in their team store. So instead of getting a Tennessee Smokies shirt, I got a Chris Bryant jersey. At least there's bit value from the Tennessee Smokies. If you got like a full, like real jersey from Tennessee Smokies, that'd be pretty funny. And I was wearing it right now. Yeah. Like hat and socks and everything. I actually have an Adam Jones fun fact that'll take two seconds. I'm in. He's a big wrestling fan. He oh, is. really? I didn't know that. I sent you a picture of him at uh, oh, that pay-per-view. He, yeah. he was yeah. dressed up like Virgil. <laughs> yeah. And he had the, another guy dressed up like the Million Dollar Man. I forgot a about genius. That. It was awesome. No, I had the opportunity to go uh, watch the Rangers play the Orioles. Um, got to witness 2,999 in person. Great moment. Two failed attempts at uh, 3,000. But I will give you this Adam Jones fun fact as my seats happen to be right behind the dugout of the Orioles. They apparently built a country club right behind the dugout. That's where I was. There was a game going on. I had no idea. Wow. No, Adam Jones, fan-friendly. Every half inning was giving stuff away, throwing balls in the crowd. I mean, any ball that came anywhere near the dugout, he was personally going out, and he was looking for people in Orioles gear and uh, airmailing it to them. But I I, uh, I think he interacted with the fans more than the rest of the team yeah. combined. Wow. Was he dressed as Virgil? <laughs> he had the million-dollar belt on. Who do you think's doing better financially, him or Virgil? Man. I, I think we know the answer to that, but I'll, yeah. I'll pose the hypothetical a different way. And you got to think about this more in a life experience than, a, than, than almost take money out of the equation. But whose life experience would you have rather had? Adam Jones at this point. Now, you get everything they have, so you obviously get his millions. But then you also get Virgil's life experience of... Adam Jones was never the million-dollar champion that we know of. No. And there's another thing Virgil might have going for him that oh, we learned about. Boy. What's this other thing? Virgil He's apparently <laughs> Serge Ibaka. Apparently it was well known in wrestling they used the term gimmick, you know, to refer to like what, yeah. what your thing is. Well apparently Virgil had a gimmick. Wow. Like that, he, would, he, would occasionally pull gimmick. Out, he would pull out his gimmick in the locker room. I think I'd still want to be the slick fielding center fielder who's Good with the fans. Yeah, I probably... Then the homeless dong wrestler. You would rather be Adam Jones than setting up a car table on a subway station (laughs) with a sign that says, I am Virgil. (laughs) Yes. Just barely. But, uh... Fair enough. Fair enough. So what happened at the country club yesterday? I, I wish I could show you... The uh, I didn't get a picture of it, but I saw the quintessential country club gathering. Was it me? No. So we're there for uh, Tommy's daughter's birthday, because apparently you think she's going to be well-adjusted. Her two-year-old birthday <laughs> is at the country club. Don't all two-year-olds have birthdays at country clubs? My goodness. No, no so they don't. We're sitting at the little... Uh, private whatever it's cabana, called a cabana cabana so, area yeah, right. as as Tommy referred to him that the help is bringing out food and um, do you have any retort for that I didn't say that okay. like to and the and the help is all like skinny blonde teenagers if you want to be real clear um were there a lot of people there wearing like white Sweater vests and pastels and stuff. Here's what cracked me up. So there's the pool, right? So there's like 
the main part of it is, you know, whatever, three and a half, four feet where kids can play. In the three and a half foot, there's a group of about six fat middle-aged white guys, probably post-middle-aged, they're probably more in their 50s, all in the pool wearing hats, mm. right? Got to keep the sun on. I mean, that's just smart. That's wearing just good like, business. You know, uh, I'm trying to think of what's that stupid golf course. Pebble Beach? Pebble Beach hats with their little Yeti cool, like, thermos cups. And they're all sitting in there with shirts on because they're all fat. And they're all like, yeah, they're just hanging out in the little kid area of the pool. It's kind of creepy, to be yeah. honest with you. And I'm anti-t-shirt in the pool. I am, too. I mean, yeah, but even got, if you're in the pool, traps, just do you've it. You've got traps yeah, for yeah, miles. Yeah, you don't yeah, need to I mean, worry about that. It doesn't matter. You're in the pool. You you let it all hang Some out. Some people are a little embarrassed by what they got to show, and they choose the t-shirt. But, yeah. By the oh. way, I saw that Yeti that Yeti thing in full effect, which is pretty funny. The guy walked up to the bartender, and, I mean, he, he filled it half full with vodka. He had to get another bottle and then just oh, put a little man. kiss of Sprite on top of it and some ice. That's what they're doing, man. That's how you. That's how you. Oh, you said that's right. Yeah. Drink a day away at the country club pool. And then I was just like, I I don't want to be where these where these kind of people hang out. I don't want to be there. I embrace those are my people. I embrace them. So nobody was there in like a Matt Kenseth t-shirt. There was none like of that. that. If you if you uh, walked in the restroom and said Kyle Bush, <laughs> no one would know what you're I would never about. say Kyle. It would be Kurt. Oh, sorry. but. That might happen at the dirt track in a couple no, my of weeks. Wife's, my wife's father-in-law made this comment. I don't know what this means. Maybe you could tell me. But he just said, looks like there's a lot of Trump supporters here today. <laughs> Not really sure what he meant by that. but that was Fat guys in hats. Yeah, none of them were wearing the rope hat, though. That would have no. really do you think, pushed it. Do you think guys that wear Pebble Beach hats and that voted for Trump is an uh, interesting uh, chart to plot out? How so? Just that that your likelihood of voting for Trump if oh. you if you own a Pebble Beach hat is probably like fifteen times the national average. Yeah, yeah, it's a high high probability. I mean, it's kind of like oh well, I'm just gonna stop there. Just race the last. <laughs> I'm gonna race what I was thinking about. So. Oh wow! I'm not, I, it, this is how bad it was. I, I thought about it and was like, yeah, I, I couldn't even say it. It was that bad of an idea. Man, <laughs> when I was driving over here, I saw a bumper sticker on a car. And it said, don't worry, my driving scares me too. <laughs> Pretty solid. And the car was beat to heck. They pulled right into a Panda Express. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Sometimes you got to get some General Chow's chicken. I don't know what the, what's so funny about that. Oh, goodness. But anyways, yeah, Country Club, great success. I'll be heading back up there uh, tonight after we get done recording to uh, work on my short game. You still, you, that's kind of work you need to put in? Oh, man, yeah. Yeah. Short game needs some work. That didn't go well the other day? No, it went really bad. How, how did your round go Friday? Um, whatever I shot, half of them were pitches. My short game was left a lot to be desired as well. Did you javelin any golf clubs? No, only when you prompted me to <laughs> that one time. Otherwise, there was no. it was, it was just so consistently bad during the day that uh, I just kind of got used to it. Yeah. One of the guys that we were playing with, somebody we hadn't played with before, and he really could chip, and it just made me realize how, how much work I have to do. It's just practice is all it is. That's what I'm going to go do, put in some reps at the club, maybe get my Yeti out. I'll wear my Pebble Beach hat that I don't have, but I'm sure I can get one. It's unbelievable. 
Hey, that's just the, that's the life he's chosen. Apparently. So we had a little field trip earlier this week. I don't know if the show sponsors it officially or anything like that. We intended a little ranger game. show doesn't have enough money to sponsor anything. Yeah, well, we'll get to that later. Either later today or in a future have episode. Up, have we picked up some financial backing no, that I'm we, unaware of? We might. I'll just talk about it now. Um, and this will be mentioned in a future episode of Can You Hear Me as well. But um, now How would you know what was going to be mentioned in a future episode of Can You Hear Me? Um, Has Glenn 311 ever appeared on Can You Hear Me? No, but my some of my little birds tell me things. <laughs> I've listened been. to that show before, and they occasionally have a guy on there that sounds just like you. Yeah. I don't know, but it's not you though. You've well, been- but you know, there's there's the you know that urban legend or whatever it is that there's somebody in the world that looks exactly like you. Yeah. I mean, the world's a big place, but sometimes that person might live like across the street. <laughs> but for yours, it would be like twice as unlikely because there'd have to be a guy that looks exactly like you and also puts that much emphasis on his lats at the gym to maintain his look just like you. That that, that seems like almost implausible. Well. You know, OJ was innocent. Anything can happen. I heard a story about OJ about how he cheats on the golf course. Have you heard this story? And he hit a ball in the woods, and he found it, and his playing partners rolled up, and the ball was on a tee, and he was about to hit it back out of the woods on a tee. And they said, they said OJ, you know you can't put a ball on the tee out of the woods. And he goes, oh, no, it landed on there. <laughs> I've also heard that OJ and friends... Before he went back to jail, used to used to play or whatever, and they used to make like jokes about his glove. Like if he dropped his glove, you know, like would anybody be able to find it, or if they found it, would it matter? Would that fit, type of yeah. thing. Yeah. So what we're talking about, we went to the Ranger game. Oh no! no oh, sponsorship. Oh, are we done with double homicide humor, or are we gonna keep going with that joke series? Well, he gets out on parole in October. So I didn't know that he was found guilty of those murders. I missed that. What? No. I thought a court of law found him innocent. He said double homicide humor. We mentioned OJ. I've, civil as far court. as I know, he's never been convicted civil, of a double homicide. We jumped homicide. to civil court humor talk. Uh, so the sponsorship. So that, yes, this will be... Gustav will talk about this in a future episode of Can You Hear Me? From what I hear. Yeah. Um, he sends me a transcript of their entire podcast in, in advance just so I can take a look at it's it. classy. Um... <laughs> But when we went to Grayson County Speedway, and you guys know in the infield, they have places where there are sponsors. It's usually Signage available. John's Machine Shop and whatever tow yard and oh, yeah. whatever. There are some empty spaces. I like where this is headed. And perhaps we could price this out and find out for 2018 how much it costs to put up our signage. It can't be that much. The over-under discussed was 500 bucks. Well, and, and something else to consider is when you do it, you buy the shortest term possible because they don't have the effort to go in and take it back down. Mm. It may be up there for 10 years. Oh, yeah. Second option, we just buy the track. <laughs> also, can't be that much. <laughs> Might be able to be done before the end of the day. That'd be pretty funny. I'm interested. I'm interested. Will we co-op it with Can You Hear Me and... and uh, Make it even the the price point per host even cheaper. There might be some discussions can be had. So, I love the idea, but also like from a marketing perspective, we're advertising a podcast to people that don't have computers. 
I don't know. I mean, I haven't thought it through that much. You think you can bring headphones to the library? <laughs> so, back Rangers game trip yeah, this week. we did. The most unique thing about it, I've never been to a baseball game where two separate people from two separate incidents were taken out on stretchers. Yes, we had, it was a, the, the body count was high. We also had two on the field arrested. That that is true. Yeah, we had a was, lot of action. We had a runner. Yeah, what was going on there that night? So we Man, had that's some scary that that uh, ball and bat stuff going to the stands is yeah. scary. So an errant throw from shortstop to first sails over the first or baseman's head. Was it an errant throw? Well, when he I, I double think... clutched, he may have had that guy in his sights, <laughs> and a guy not paying attention takes one in the head. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, a throw from short. And over. he sailed over first base, hit a guy square in the head. And he's not looking either. He was looking down. Unbelievable. How do you have that seat and have that play happen in front of you and not even be looking? I, I think, can understand. I don't know. Being unprepared for the guy to miss the thing. You don't, you uh, don't see that play very often. The first baseman. The guy didn't so move. Because I was looking. the Where we were seated, I was looking right across at him. You were looking right into his eyes as yes. the life left him? And, and as he was hit, I kind of joked, like, oh, it just killed that guy. And then he didn't move. <laughs> and I thought, oh no. <laughs> I really, we really was, just said Would it have been too soon? Um, it's close. Because I may have said it before his life, you know, truly lapsed, so I might have been okay. I feel like you could sue... I mean, I'm sure they're... Um, baseball teams are covered but i feel like you could sue on the principle that the shortstop was just so bad at his job as a professional that guy should be protected by any professional baseball player not missing a throw that badly and it was the the mariners negligence for signing him and putting him on the field and then we saw some uh, a guy you know threw his bat lost control of his bat lost control of his bat it went over the net yeah that was real scary and then they brought out the orange stretcher well, for that guy. The funny part about that incident was the bat goes sailing over the net, hits a guy in the head, and then a guy seven or eight rows behind it catches the bat and then is holding it up in celebration while the guy that took it off the head is down down yeah. to the count. And that guy, I think that guy was in worse shape than the ball guy. Because they had, what, four or five EMTs over there, a lengthy process to stretcher yeah. him out. And you guys said you don't get to keep the bat. I didn't think you did. Now, that that one guy that picked it up was holding it up in the air yeah. as he was walking up the, the stairs. But, I but I mean, it's not like the team's going to reuse it. It's going to be the focal point of a murder trial now. Like It's evidence. Yeah. It's in a plastic bag. Um, I, I think they normally make you give it back. That's terrible. Because those bats are made, like, completely custom for those players and like i think they're pretty particular but if wouldn't it's, you if, if you it's not arguing, broken if you're arguing that in a court of law wouldn't you say hey if you wanted to keep your custom bat maybe you shouldn't have picked it up and thrown it into a crowd of people well that's generally accurate but that would be my opening statement yeah but <laughs> i just sit there <laughs> no, and case dismissed yeah, the defense arrest <laughs> or the pro well, whoever i am <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe that. I thought only in soccer did you have to give the ball back. Everything well in basketball they take the ball back too, don't they? Yeah, you don't get the nobody's walking Why? out there with basketballs. Why not? Because they have so many baseballs. But why they have a bunch of, of basketballs too. Not as many as baseball. They don't lose as many either. That's my real detailed <laughs> argument I was there. Say, have you done the research on this? 
But no, the, I think I think all in all, it was a successful trip that started with me throwing my sandwich on the ground at a restaurant and, <laughs> and ended throwing. with us ended with us jump starting a car. So, so can we talk about the Monte Cristo incident? Yeah, I, I'm I'm not ashamed to admit that the uh, <laughs> this was the saddest <laughs> display of. Well, Food consumption well, I've seen at a restaurant. I'm not ashamed to admit I love the Monte Cristo. What made it great was uh, Glenn and I, we may have left work early and got there to pregame oh. a little bit. Yeah, we had been there a solid hour and a half or more before you arrived. And we enjoyed some Rocky Mountain water. We were enjoying all sorts of cocktails and beers. And we uh, alerted the nice waitress we had that the guy coming... A.K.A. Tommy 2.0. I would like you to rephrase that last <laughs> statement. The guy that was soon to arrive... Much better. Um, ...was very difficult. <laughs> he, was, he was very difficult to deal with, kind of rude, and it was also predicted about an hour and 15 minutes before you arrived that you would order a Monte Cristo. <laughs> and, and did I do that without any prompting from either of you two? That's true. And as the waitress is dropping off the Monte Cristo... <laughs> Tommy picks it up, <laughs> takes one bite, and then drops it on the floor while spitting out the bite. Such a panic. Because if the food is, like, molten hot, wouldn't you just spit it out onto your plate? Why did you turn and just I dump like, it on the floor? I feel like molten hot may be underselling it just a little bit. There was a, it was a panic move. No, I heard so. I, I think we've mentioned the waitress just kind of like gets real big eyes and then darts and looks at me and Glenn like, "Is this guy for real?" <laughs> I think we've mentioned on a previous show. You can find in our archives. I can't tell you which episode it was, but that uh, I did have family members that worked in the airline industry growing up, and apparently, uh, the great Delta Airlines in first class used to serve chicken cordon bleu. Do you know what that is? Yeah, I know what that is. Listen, you guys go to Grayson County Speedway. I'm not taking anything for granted here, okay? I've had a cordon bleu and an IHOP before. <laughs> it's not like I asked you what a walking taco was. <laughs> what was that That chicken filet filled with? <laughs> it's just whatever they had left over. There is no way that's it's, true. It's pancakes. And <laughs> there, is no, pancake there is no matter. way that story is true. Oh, I'd swear on anything. I've had a chicken you, cordon they, bleu and an they, IHOP. That they cooked at IHOP. That you yeah. didn't it there. It used to be on their dinner menu. I don't know if it still is. We could find out shortly. Wow. I, we, may have to, we may have to do a little Google research on that. Let's but, stop. If you're at IHOP, you don't even look at the dinner menu. <laughs> what are you doing? That's uh, true. I don't think I've ever ordered anything other than pancakes at IHOP. No. You're telling me you've never had a cheeseburger at IHOP? I have never had a Absolutely cheeseburger not. at IHOP. Absolutely not. Well, but anyways, they, they would serve so. chicken cordon bleu on the airplane, which if you don't know, and I'm assuming uh, most everybody does, it's a it's a chicken breast that's stuffed with, I think, ham and cheese yeah. and lots of butter. butter yeah. Well, what would happen all the time is they would nuke these things on the airplane. People would cut into them or bite into them and get squirted with hot butter and like immediately throw it on the ground, scream. And, and it got to the point where, my God. <laughs> I hop Google research, second result. Chicken cordon bleu. What do you think about that, Dave? I'm oh buying. God. I'm buying. You want to go? <laughs> so they just put it on top of the chicken. Yeah, they haven't got the stuffing down. It doesn't look like, but it's their take. It's it's deconstructed chicken yeah. cordon bleu. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But what I was going to say though is the flight attendants on Delta Airlines were so accustomed to this happening that they knew immediately. And I feel like 
I was in that safe space at this restaurant. The Monte Cristo sandwich, as we all know, is a fried sandwich. It's got a breading breading on the outside. You cut into it. Everything on the inside is burning hot. I bet that's happened a thousand times. They didn't think twice about it. I'm going to judge by the waitress's reaction. She had never seen that happen before. And if she said she did, she's lying like the... Uh, the gym instructor, when the lady let go of the pull-up bar and rode, rode the weight assist to the bottom. Yeah, and said that's totally normal. Oh, yeah, that happens all the time. But, you know, the more I think about it, another thing that happened at that game that I've never really experienced is we sat there in the rain for three or four innings. I never rained really hard, but we basically sat in continuous rain for the last probably third or more of the game. Yeah, that was, that was interesting. So we had people on stretchers. We had... Uh, Attempted murder. Uh, we had rain. Extremely annoying people behind us. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. So we got some baseball experts in Arlington. Yeah, apparently. we had some. We had some. I'm guessing it was like a. It was a two girls and two guys that I guess were dating or at least trying to string things together. Uh, the guys didn't have much to say. No, probably because they had slit their own throats <laughs> by like the seventh inning. Well, I, which told, I was about to do. I told Glenn at one point, the one girl that was talking the most was so annoying, I had to turn around and just be like, the only reason these guys are still here is she must just be absolutely gorgeous. Oh. And I turned around, and nothing could have been further from the truth. But she did have a monologue just with herself on trying to figure out what a Bach was. Yeah, we should, we should tell the Bach story. Uh, go ahead. You're the so, baseball expert. So I believe it was a, a two-two or a three-two count, and a balk a balk occurred. But it it was it was a situation where the runner was going anyways. Yeah. There was a throwdown. There was a sw- I think there was a swing and miss, a throwdown, and then the next thing you know, um, the batter's still up with the same count. The runner's down second base, and uh, you know us people that have actually watched a baseball game before, you know, pretty quickly realized that it was a balk. But right. This, this girl um, had come up with kind of her own alternate narrative to the situation. Which changed several times, but she finally right. landed on... Well, no, no, I, 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 don't, I don't remember where she actually landed, but I know that the batter had the option of whether he, or not he wanted to strike out and got to remain at the plate. Yeah, at some point, I think she landed on... Oh, there was a timeout called. That, that, that there was, was a timeout theory. called, and then she at one point decided the catcher interfered... Right. Which, I mean, there is a rule about that, but, but I don't I think, think she also <laughs> thought the catcher, because the catcher called timeout, the runner was allowed to stay at second because the batter wasn't the one that right. called timeout. Let the catcher calling time right. led to the Right, but then there the was ball. also catcher interference, but the batter got to stay up with the same count instead of going to first yeah. base. But what if they were out of timeouts? Then is it free throws? <laughs> what happens? Four-pointer. <laughs> then she had that uh, the play at third where she was... Oh my god! Utterly convinced that that the guy was safe. safe. Oh, you mean the play where uh, he was out by like three <laughs> yeah. feet? Of course, we were kind of su- sub tweeting her a, from two rows down. It was a Delino just, DeShields uh, horrible base running decision. Like it was basically the scene out of Major League when <laughs> Willie Mays Hayes tries to steal and he slides. And he he stops like a foot and a half short of the base and they tag him out. It was that. They don't bother to review it. No one in the stands at all yeah, is even, protesting this. Everybody's moved on, and she is just giving it a 
a full speech as to why that play play needs to be reviewed. Yeah, yeah. the ump was wearing number eighty eight, and she was letting him know that. Oh yeah, he may need to get his eyes checked. The very generic. Uh, I don't even know what you'd say. Insult, I guess. So we had her killed. Uh, <laughs> we, well, uh, we had any- Carlos Gomez throw a bat at her later. Yep. We also had to do a little bit of counseling for people that, and maybe a certain group of people that maybe hadn't heard about the U Darvish trade. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. There, there were there were some people that would walk by us that I just felt like for whatever reason it was on my heart that maybe they <laughs> would be taking the U Darvish news harder than other people, and I just took that time to apologize to them when they would come by. It was, and for some reason something would happen to my voice when I would apologize, <laughs> and it would sound more like I'm very sorry. <laughs> So yeah, so there was that. That was all, all Tommy. We were, I, I we were still to, laughing at his Monte Cristo stuff by I then. Try to extend the uh, olive branch of friendship to our brothers and sisters that are uh, maybe taking the Darvish trade uh, news hard. The bamboo pole of friendship. <laughs> but as the lady behind us said, uh, there are some other Chinese players the Rangers are looking at. <laughs> so it, you know, it may not be too long. We'd have us another Chinese uh, <laughs> in the starting lineup. <laughs> that pipeline to Beijing open. The best part of the Darvish trade was everyone that mentioned it, there's a group text we're on, and I just would randomly just tweet the Darvish nude <laughs> where he yeah. did like the pose. Like right. The, it was like a body issue pose, but it wasn't for that. It was for some Japanese magazine. But that picture never gets old. <laughs> Uh, so we left off the last episode with a uh, Dave's career opportunity. Oh, yes. So uh, I revealed that I was going to have a phone interview with someone calling me from Titan Towers in Stamford, Connecticut. So how, first of all, how did, you, how did you pull off, as it were, <laughs> getting a, even getting far enough to get a phone interview? I honestly have no idea. Like, I just saw a listing, I think it was on LinkedIn, and just, I mean, it was a fit for what I do, and I I sent it, sent in a resume, like, just through their generic, you know, corporate, um, yeah, I had no connection to anyone, and, uh, yeah, got a, uh, got an email setting this up. Um, One kind of funny thing was going back and forth, kind of schedule the time. It's a nice, uh, nice lady that was the recruiter, and I'm, of course, being very professional. So every time I email her, so we always say about Dave. Yeah. You know, every email starts with Miss in her last name, and the second time I emailed her, she emailed back and it's like, "Yes, you know that time. That time works great." And she's like, "Just so you know, it's a it's a very casual first name basis here at the company. Even our chairman Vince, we all call Vince." And I was like, "That's pretty oh, awesome." Yes. Oh yes, um, that's yeah. I guess that, I guess it has to be a, a casual uh, work environment of any any company that has employees that uh, are known as like Val Venus or the Gobbledygooker. <laughs> so, but it's not as casual that you could have just called her Madam Sugar Sweetheart <laughs> and, and on down the line. I didn't. I didn't try that. Okay. Um, no. So have the phone interview. Meantime, not, like I said, I most likely, 
I have no desire to move to Connecticut. But went ahead and looked up uh, on Realtor.com. Yeah. Cost of living in Stanford, unreal. Unreal is in high. Oh yes. Yeah. Like I put in. I have. You've been to uh, Dave Studios. I have a reasonable home here in North Texas. It's, I, they are not meager accommodations. <laughs> <laughs> so I put in actually um, probably about fifty grand more than my house is currently worth here as the max in Stanford. So is that three commas? <laughs> no houses. None. All apartments. Nice studio loft. And then I put in, like, you know, check the, just show me, like, no apartments. I just want, you know, single family homes. Put in that max. There was one that was, like, 900 square feet in, like, basically Akeem. <laughs> Could have lived in it and been happy. It was just the most poor of accommodations. Um, so had the phone interview. Um, it went well. So did, did, did was there any bits on that on their end? Like when you called into the conference call line, it was like the hold hold music. Uh, what a maneuver! <laughs> no, unfortunately, it was like it was a direct call from the recruiter oh, to okay. me, so I didn't. I was never on hold, but um, the. The interview went well. I do think I uh, probably, since my goal is to get an in-person interview, probably messed up at one point when the lady was kind of questioning me. She's like, so I see, you know, on your resume, you've worked in uh, in the Dallas area your whole life. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, um, you know, here's the salary range for this position, which actually is basically a lateral move for me. And she goes... And as you may know, cost of living here yeah. is much higher. And I was like, yeah, I kind of thought comp would probably be higher to, uh, right, to for cost of out. living. Yeah. Um, so the rest of the interview went well. There was one funny moment where I was talking to her about something, just like, you know, the whatever work and the culture up there. And she goes, oh, yeah, you know, it's real friendly, something we really like to promote from within, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, you know, everyone is real open, even <laughs> even uh, Stephanie and Paul, Paul being the real name of Triple H, like his real name is Paul Lesquis, or it's Paul like a friend. Yeah, Levesque. So I thought that was pretty funny wow. that she just called him Paul, and I was like, you mean Triple H? So like if you got that job, you I might, would, I would you run might have to run H. like a, an idea past Triple H. It'd be so great. Talking about the time I saw him at the Brahmas game. Yeah. Um, but in sad news, got an email uh, late last week saying, we're only moving forward with local candidates. Mm. So so you never got your chance to go see Paul. I never got to go to Titan Towers. And Stephanie and Vince. I would have been Maybe go so to the break happy. room and have a turkey wrap together. <laughs> would have been did, so you, great. Uh, did, they, did you ever get to the part of the interview where they asked if you had any questions for them? Yes. And did you be like, well, did Brett screw Brett? <laughs> I was like, listen. Um, no, I was just asking all sorts of questions like that. Like, how did you do the, uh, where the Undertaker died and went to heaven? 
How'd you do that? No. Um, so if you had gotten what? Well, okay. So well, the end game was just to try to get an in-person interview. The end yeah, game was basically. to get Vince McMahon to fly him up to Connecticut so he could have a fanboy tour of their headquarters under the guys that he wanted to work. But there. at some point, let's say that had happened, and you get the in-person interview. They're taking you around all the facilities, but in the end, you have no intent of taking the job or moving up there or anything. Do you get in like the very last stage where you'll be a candidate after we're done here? And then at the very last, that's when you start asking Owen Hart questions. <laughs> you just do a full heel turn. And then, they, and then they escort you from the premises. I was, honestly, I was just going to show up in a Ric Flair robe <laughs> instead of a suit and see if they just immediately threw me out. I bet you that over the course of however long they've been in business, there's probably been dozens of people that have done big bits and in interviews oh, like, yeah. for corporate jobs. Oh, yeah. How could you not? Yeah. I mean, people that have been fans all their lives that just show up and think that's going to get them over in the interviews to have the Ric Flair robe or wear the title belt. Yeah. Or... I just, uh, every question they ask in the interview, I just answer like I'm cutting a promo. Well, listen, brother. <laughs> okay. When brother. Dave comes up. <laughs> But yeah, man, I really wanted, I mean, just for myself and because it would be great content, but sorry to disappoint. So was there, would there have been a dollar amount? Like say you hadn't discussed money, but you just kind of have this plan and you go up there and then they hit you with a salary that's like three or four times what you're making. Was there, would there be an amount where you would say like, Hey, hon, uh, got a little news. We're, uh, we're moving to Connecticut. Oh, definitely. Okay. So there is an amount. Oh yeah. Okay. I think everybody has their price. <laughs> oh, very, very wrestling apt. Very well done. No, I mean honestly, I would love, love to work there. But yeah, boy, look up, look up real estate in Stanford sometime if you want to think about how great we have it in the greatest state in the union. So uh, I'm watching The Wire. And I was going to try to get all the way through season one before you guys got here today, and I didn't quite make it. I only have a couple of episodes left before that, but I do have, uh, do have some thoughts so okay. far. Okay. There's lots of good characters on this show. There are. A show that's driven around great characters. And from what I'm hearing, the some of the insight I'm getting, it doesn't seem like... It's not Game of Thrones-ish where it seems like they're going to kill... A lot of people off. It's, it. I seem to the feedback I'm getting is most, if not all, these main characters make it all the way through. Now, don't give me give too much away, but that's right. the but sense I'm getting. It's not anywhere near Game of Thrones as far as people yeah. getting killed. And people yeah. do ebb and flow and prominence on the show, but they don't necessarily. If somebody's off the show for a while, doesn't mean they get killed off, and and everything comes back around at some point. It feels okay. like they. They don't ever let anything die in that show. So you know, usually in the street jerk trade, no one ever dies. <laughs> no, no, never, never. Um, Prospects are good. Lieutenant Daniels dies at some point, right? Because he's a terrible actor. Like his career has pretty much died. He's doing like Capital you, One has, commercials only. But have you seen him uh, shirt off yet? Uh, no, I think I would remember that. Uh, you remember? Dude's ripped. Yeah, he is really. And you remember him from Lost? The final season of Lost. He was in Lost. Yes. Was he Hurley? Was he wasn't Sawyer or Hurley? No, he was. Was he the, the transmitter? No. When I watched the show, why am I trolling it? <laughs> he 
You watched Lost, didn't you? Yeah, I don't remember him. No, was he one of the others? No, his name was Michael something, but he was the, he was kind of the weird guy that that's offensive. That everybody that came to the island when they were in their backstory, he would be involved in it in some weird way, like in their backstory, like he would be working at the nursing home or on the plane, like. But he, Ooh, he crossed yeah. paths with everybody before. But he was came. the he was like the nurse in I think John Locke's. Yeah, backstory. he was in everybody's backstory yeah. just randomly. Still a terrible actor. He's awful. Okay. Um, Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. McNulty, I'm a big fan of. McNulty's partner, Bunk. Is that his Bunk name? Is great. Bunk is great. Dude, that guy's hilarious. Yeah. He need, we need more of Bunk. <laughs> like, I feel like he's only in little small scenes here and there, and I'm like, we need more, more, of, we need more of this guy. Bunk and McNulty are so great when they're always just constantly drinking. Like, yeah. all they want to do after work is just so, sit by their car well, and drink. So have, speak- you, have you encountered the, any of the local politicians yet, namely uh, Clay Davis? Uh, Clay Davis is just starting to be mentioned. Okay. He was at a gathering or a party, and they made sure to introduce him so you know he's like senator yeah. or whatever. Um, so, so with, with Bunk, as far as... Have you seen this meme yet? Not yet. <laughs> okay. So with... Bunk, the one thing that we did get that I watched the episode today was he hooks up with some chick at a bar. He tells McNulty, call my wife and tell her that I got called out, you know, for something. He goes <laughs> to her apartment. She calls McNulty to come get him because he's drunk. He's in the bathroom and he burned all of his clothes. <laughs> which, which I was like, you know, and he explains why he did it. So between that and Tommy and the Money Cristo, which is more of a panic move. Like burning the clothes, not just because he burned them, but McNulty goes to get him, and he's like, "What were you thinking? Like, what were you gonna wear out of here?" He was very much like, "I never got that far." <laughs> so that that guy's great. Um, yeah. So we got mentions of uh, Clay Davis. You mentioned memes. I, I haven't run across you know that, but uh, you <laughs> see different gifs and stuff on Twitter, and then when you see like the scene that it's in, you just like like I had to run it back like three times because I'm like I've been seeing that for like three years, and now I know what it's from. <laughs> That's a great. Um, a couple other observations. Uh, one of the other detectives, I think he's uh, Jay Landsman. Okay. He looks like the f- the fat John Cena. Is he the big fat guy yeah. that looks at porn in his office all the time? I don't know. But he looks like fat John Cena. All right. I thought that from the moment <laughs> I laid eyes on him. Uh, D'Angelo and Wallace, I don't know how long they're sticking around, but they don't seem to be want to be a part of this game. Wallace is a good dude. Wallace has a good heart. Yeah. And D'Angelo, yeah, he does not want to be part of the game. Like they, if he, he's in a I, he's in a no win. They shown Wallace with his. In like the projects where they have like he has like the little kids, yeah, that he's, well, he's taking, taking care, care of them. Yeah. Man, it's such a sad, yeah, sad situation. Um, let's see, Omar, dude, Omar's legit. Omar's a gay. He is. <laughs> Omar is a gay. He kind of came out of left field, <laughs> if if you will. Yeah. Um, but I celebrate it. That's why I was delayed because I had to go to Houston and walk the crosswalks after I figured out. You had to go buy that pack of Skittles. Yeah, that the Omar, all the all white Skittles to celebrate Omar being gay. There's a and uh, later there's a scene where Omar is on the stand in a courtroom. Amazing, just okay. be able to look out for that. No, he and he had to, I think he headed to New York. So back to your Tommy's point of characters ebb and flow. I expect him to be back, but he's. Oh yeah. He's he's taking some time away. Took took a few plays off, I believe. 
Um, they had the basketball game between oh, the West yes. Side and East Side. Where they recruit like D one. <laughs> That's yeah. where you get to meet Prop Joe for the first time too. We, right? we did. Yes. Um, the basketball scene was it was okay. It wasn't too you know they don't have to do too many tricks with the camera. There was way too many times one of the ringer is like one of the ringers is like blocking a guy's shot with two hands, like something that never happens in basketball. And it happened like three times in this game. And then the other side has another ringer that they don't bring in. Prop Joe's team yeah. had the other ringer they didn't bring in until after halftime, and he doubled their bet. And they, I mean, they show him do like one thing and score, and then it just kind of jump cuts to well, it's over. They came back and won, and that was uh, that was it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, other than the lieutenant being a terrible actor is, you know, you've got some bad guys in the show, but I kind of root for everybody. It's a good show. So what's going on in the the main story arc, like with Barksdale's and stuff? Okay, go ahead and answer that. And then I want to say something. Uh, well, Kima. Okay. Um, one of the cops just got shot in a, at a undercover oh, stand. Yeah, so yeah. she is in in the hospital right now, clinging to life. That's that's where we're at in season one. Um, and you, one thing you'll notice in the sh- in the show is that anytime there's violence against an officer, man, things things go crazy. They, yeah, they do not stand for that. Like there's almost like this unwritten rule of well, either side. Oh yeah, but it's, yeah, but it's like the police are like, we'll let you we'll let you get away with so much, but if you ever cross the line and hurt an officer, then it's like. Everybody, everything goes out the window. Just burn like, it all. All the, the unwritten rules go yeah. out the window, and, and it just yeah it turns into pandemonium. I was gonna say just to prepare you, season two, big change from season one. Okay, like still great. And oh, I love all, season two. It all, no, it's a great season, and they all come back together. But you're gonna like watch the first two episodes of season two, and be like. Did they like? Did Netflix upload the wrong? This is a different show. What am I watching? It all comes back. Where's the smoke monster? Exactly. It all comes back around. You just have to trust it. Yeah. So I wanted to be done with season one by the time we recorded this, but I'm I'm almost I'm almost there. Well, I feel like I feel like there's some things that you haven't mentioned yet that I thought for sure happened in season one, and I can't imagine. There's they a would lot all, crammed into the last few they episodes. All yeah, in the no. last two episodes. There's a lot that happens Yikes. in the last few episodes of season one. I mean, it seemed like most of it has been just introducing the characters and there's who they a lot are, of setup and, and, and they're trying to, you know, uh, I mean, you've, Avon you've met Bar- Stringer Bell. Oh right? yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, big fan. String is great. Yeah, uh, he's, a, he's a Brit. He is. Idris Elba. And this new movie looks awesome too, by the way. Dark Tower. Yeah. I don't know anything about. It. I know it's a Stephen King thing, it looks so cool. that's it. Um. Yeah. He's he's great. You know, Avon's in charge, but like, just generally speaking, like, I get the background of the character and why Is he has on, on the inside. No. Okay. He, well, he was. He was in the very beginning of season one, and then he got out. He did. Yeah. But they didn't know what he looked like. Who didn't? The cops. When they went oh, to the basketball right. yeah, game, you're right, you're right. he's there. They know he's there because... They didn't know what he looked like. So they yeah. go to the towers. That's right. And that's everybody's right. gone. And the cops, the guy who plays the, the priest on The Walking Dead now <laughs> and the goofy-looking white guy are like, where is everybody? You know. And they find this basketball game and they're just standing there watching it and some of the kids just mention his name. So they know that he's there. But they're looking around. They're like, yeah, when you spot him, let us know. And he's like, I don't know what you want me to do. I don't even know who I'm looking for. <laughs> You know? Okay, 
And it, and if I tell you I found him, it's probably offensive. Okay, and I'm trying to walk the ethical lines, too. So, but anyway, but yeah, I get the background of the character and why he has he's powerful and you know whatever. But I look at Avon and that I'm like, I'm not really intimidated by that guy at all. No, now, I know. Stringer, right? like Stringer, I'm like, yeah, yeah. just whatever. Uh, it is yeah, a little... you just yes, you can be on our podcast, okay? But. Yeah, I don't feel, and I don't, well, back to the whole thing with D'Angelo, like, he just doesn't seem like he belongs in that. It seems like it's just he's caught up in it because he's related to people and yeah. whatever, and, you know, I don't know the full background of his story, but he just seems like, if somebody yes. gets him the get out card, he'd be like, yeah, I'll move to Stanford, Connecticut. <laughs> yes. I'll go work for Paul and Yeah. He has a little too much of a conscience. Yeah. Yeah. And Wallace clearly does, too. Wallace at least at does. this point. Yeah. The things can change. So... Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, very good so far. Try to keep making some steady in season progress two. On you it. get to see some peen. Well, can't see that anywhere else. <laughs> so, do we need to do we need to get a wire show open for the show like we did for Friday Night Lights? I think we should. Like a wire segment. Yeah, we could do that. Okay, we'll work on that. This might have been like off off mic talk that we could have had. I don't know if it's really. Necessary forty six fifty two in, but okay. I feel like it was a valid question, right. but hey, we have a couple of emails. All right, and let's see Let here. See what's happening on DraftKings NASCAR right now. I think they're in the middle of a cycle of pit stops, so I would Mid-cycle. not cycle. So I wouldn't get too excited. About what happens is about once a month, there's a cycle that they go through where they pit at different times, and it changes the running order. If you will, changes all your plans. <laughs> yeah, and, wreaks havoc on the plumbing. Yeah, the things things kind of get where they need to bring in some outside apparatuses to kind of control things a little bit. Going quick splash. Tippers get hot, if you will. So we have an email from Gustav. All right. It says. Uh, my friend Ray was recently bragging about never having had the movie Frozen play in, within his palatial home. So what is your kryptonite when it comes to movies your kids watch? Wow. I don't think Frozen's that bad. Like, it's definitely not a kryptonite. Now, mine didn't watch it as much as some, but I could stand for that. I mean, it okay. probably got played in the 30s or 40s of times. And I could stand for that to be out on the back. That's yeah. definitely not that. So far, my kids' movies, and I have tried to steer them to movies that I don't find terribly annoying. The main winner is Wally. I've never seen it. First, not a bad movie. Second, very little dialogue yeah. for a lot of the movie, which is amazing, especially when they're watching it in the car. Um, but this is a good. This is not Kryptonite. You're you're giving us a good option. Yeah. No, I'm oh, getting okay. to Kryptonite. Okay. The I. Movie-wise, I've steered them to good movies, but TV-wise, they're two little girls, and they like My Little Pony, Yeah, and that, like, the voices on that are so grating, it's, yeah, don't oh, ever go down bad. that. So, was the question specific to movies, though? Uh, well, we go movies or TV. Because, I mean, to me... Because my answer is TV. Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, for TV, like, I, I think Paw Patrol's are almost intolerable. Oh, you see, Paw Patrol's not that bad. I don't think Just it's that the, bad. Oh, okay. You don't like Chase and Marshall? I'm a big and... fan of Sophia the First. Big fan. Of course you are. Yeah. You just gave an endorsement for Frozen, too. <laughs> I don't like Frozen um, so bad. 
I don't like any of those um, live action shows on Disney. Like any of any of those. There's uh, the guy walking down the street whistling that I think's looking for you with your with your frozen and Sophia the First okay. affections. You have like the pocket of his pants hanging out. Yeah, everybody um, else is scattering too. <laughs> no, I I, uh, I don't like any of those any of those kind of like live actiony uh, ones on Disney. I, I'm blanking on all the names of them, but do you guys? They're, quite pervasive most of the stuff your kids watch like is it are you streaming it like netflix or hulu yeah. or stuff okay it's it's mainly Nick netflix Jr. yeah um that's what we do too but actually tommy we have a friend um whose initials are mn and uh he was talking i guess i think it's on disney jr they have like a block where they show like three or four shows but they have like this girl it's like before bed and she like gets out there and it's like hey kids like get your sleeping bags out but it's like this 20 year old girl and he's like dude do your kids watch that and i'm like no we just he's like oh you gotta watch it she's so hot and i'm like and this guy's like in his 40s i was like dude like that's not cool yeah that's not that's not right but i, I was flipping around the other day and caught oh she's pretty flipping good around, flipping around the other day he had his alarm set yeah you know what disney pulls on you too Oh, so, I thought we were talking about what he pulls on Disney. Yeah, well, <laughs> so they run their shows, but the, the show typically, you know, like yeah. you have your sit your kids down, and you're like, hey, it's six o'clock, let's let them watch TV till six thirty, yeah. while we debate whether we want to Chester Bennington ourselves. And <laughs> but you go back at six thirty. Well, their shows end at like six twenty five. So all... you go back right before six thirty. We're like, oh, the credits should be rolling. A new show has started. So you're either. Uh, let them watch one more, or turn it off and deal with the yelling yeah. and screaming that comes that comes with that. You can't let the next show start. They know that. They Evil also bastards. Disney men, especially like if you do anything on their their website, because that's like little games for the kids to play. Do they will product placement like the yeah. little fifteen second ads? Like our older girl is always like, "Hey, I want this for my birthday." It's like, what is that? Oh, I saw it on. And it's like, oh. Oh. So, so my kids are big into Star Wars, Transformers, and like the Lego, like ninja stuff or whatever. Yeah. Which actually, some of that is actually kind of funny even right. for adults. The Lego movie's hilarious. Yeah, the movie's good. Yeah. So they don't draw me too offsides with that, but and I'll apologize for to Partial Recall in advance, but. The Power Rangers is the worst thing. Like, it's Hitler and then Power Rangers. <laughs> I've they, never seen one second of the it's Power Rangers. Ter- and, my, and my kids love it, too. Is it, is it the old ones, or are they, no, they, they, they rebooted Netflix. it? No, well, there's there's several different ones. But they watch the, the old ones from the early to mid-90s. And then there's other reboots that it's like... some kind of, They worked in Power Rangers and dinosaurs together. There's several... Which Power Ranger killed themselves. I don't know. Was there a Power Ranger that killed there, himself? I think one of the Power Rangers, like the White Ranger, the Black is Ranger. It Scott Weiland? Was he? I don't think he was. Oh. I don't yeah. think he was. A, maybe was Chris Cornell. Was Rick sure. Rude ever? <laughs> was it Jeff Kunkel? Is that the Power Ranger that did it? Um, <laughs> that's a terrible show. And it, and a they, terrible ranger, too. That's true. <laughs> and they just take the... the as Dave would call it, the Chinese version of it, and then they Whoa. just dub over every you know English words when everybody's speaking all Chinese. It's just, 
It, I, that's the one thing I can't stand. Like, if they're watching it, a lot of times, you know, you want to spend time with them even if they're watching TV for 30 minutes. You're going to hang out. Yeah. You know, just, yeah, you're hanging out with the boys or girls or whatever. Um, but when that's on, I'm like, I'm, I'm out. I'll be back in 27 minutes to turn this off. None of us have referenced it, and it may be because we all avoided it. Caillou was played in my house about two times before it was banned forever. Yeah, I, that's one that that's off limits. Yeah, my, he's such a whiny kid too. Dude, I think it brings worst. out it brings out bad character traits in your own children. Yeah, it does. And the music's terrible. The songs terrible. The voices are terrible. It's real creepy. Yeah, it is weird. Like they're Caillou's mom and dad are are into some weird stuff. I guarantee you, <laughs> like sex stuff. That's what I mean by weird. <laughs> well, there's other weird things that aren't sexual. I, I'll oh. have you know. I also want to point out that I feel like every show, like even My Little Pony, they all try to teach lesson lessons. When we were kids, like G.I. Joe did. Well, G.I. Joe did, but there were so many like all like the Looney Tunes like were just inherently racist. Well, that's true. That, that is true. <laughs> so that was the lesson it was that's why Dave is the way he is yeah. today. Because all Bugs Bunny was doing is Blowing up Japs and stuff. Yeah. Just, it was all funny. Yeah. I just feel like back then it was just pure entertainment. And now everything has to have a purpose. It's all a lesson. Um, one more email and then we'll get out of here. So this is from the great Tom Ginsburg. All right. Um, he says, greetings, gentlemen, and Tommy. Well played. Okay. Already... Already off to a poor start. Says, what is on your sports bucket list? Do you have a certain game you'd like to attend, a golf course to play, or maybe a racetrack trough to ruin? (laughs) Sincerely, Tommy. Tommy G. I'm sure they don't have troughs, but like if you did a number two in a trough at like Daytona, would that just be the pinnacle (laughs) of your life? Legendary. <laughs> Did we kind of touch on this in an old episode? Because I mentioned wanting to go to the Monaco Grand Prix. I think so. I there's think like just a little vacation. bit. Yeah, but there's no way there's yeah. a trough at the Monaco Grand Prix. Oh no, no, no! no. no. There's, there's probably, probably a bidet yeah. at the Mon- Monaco Grand Prix. That's where they have like the assistant that's in the stall with you. <laughs> it's just kind of shaking it for you. <laughs> yeah. Um. But but is you think that's yours? Oh no, I was just I was just referencing that for the oh. trough. I mean, if we were going to keep it to you know American sports, I mean, I'd love to go to Bristol. I think we we're going to go. We're going to do that trip though. Eventually, one of these days. I mean, I think I think racing wise, Bristol and Daytona is one yeah. and two. Yeah, I mean, you've been to a World Series game, so yeah, with the Rangers in it, so that's pretty big. Did they have a? Didn't I don't think they had a NASCAR track. But Bandemir had like short. Other than the yeah, they don't or... they don't race. Um, there's no real NASCAR footprint in that part of the country. But they um, they have dirt tracks up there. It's a pretty racetrack. Too. Yeah, the Bandemir is a uh, outside of Denver, outside of Denver mountains. drag strip. Oh, okay, and it's a really we've been there. Really cool Back drag strip. Heyday. Like the the uh, grandstands are built into a mountain. Nice. So you like are looking down at the track, but then you walk up the grandstands in your back, like where it, the pits are. Like there's, there's like no, a, oh wow echo yeah. effect, so the cars blow past you, and then you can still hear the noise reverberating off yeah. the mountains. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, for me, I I've already been to a WrestleMania, 
But I would like to go and sit like front row. Yeah, I, we also want to go when it's like an outdoor venue and make it like oh, like, it yeah, in Orlando like that, or, yeah, that or would be cool. California. Yeah. But I've, I've never sat... When we went here, I mean, we were lower level, but not like close, close. Front row, though? I mean, that's... Oh, it's pricey. Five grand or it's more? It's real pricey. If, um, if like for basketball, if the... NBA ever like completely went out of business. I'd love to be at the last game so I could be the first to dance on the grave. Wow. Urinate wow. all over that just abomination of a sport. What, what about the uh, makeup of that sport? Don't you like nothing? I just think it's a it's a ridiculous politics. It's a ridiculous game. Any game where what happens at the first half of the game has no bearing on the end of the game is a terrible game. First, that's a terrible point because it's not true. Secondly, you like a a sport that has 160 too many games. <laughs> now that is a fair point. I don't know if I agree with the number, but too many games, yeah. So, um, so I've been to a World Series yeah, game. I, I want to go to every ballpark. I know that's kind yeah. of weird. I mean, I mean, I'm working on it. I've got 14 under my belt, but I definitely, as a bucket list, want to attend a game at every park. So that's, that's, a, that's this, something I'm going for. This sounds... Really dumb that I'm saying it since the Super Bowl was just in Houston, <laughs> and I realized that, and actually, kind of debated getting a ticket and going. But just, you can just do that. You can just get a ticket. Well, I didn't. Well, I mean, Seat Geek, but I didn't want to drop over two grand to sit in the upper level. Now, had I known, Falcons, uh... had I known it would be li- quite literally the greatest <laughs> Super Bowl and maybe one of the greatest sporting events that has ever occurred, then I'd probably been more willing. To drop that, but and you could have got definitive evidence on what color Luke Bryant's jeans were. True, for. could have had a first-hand account. Um, so I want to go to a Super Bowl at some point. Um, I would, re- and this there was a chance this was going to happen next year, but now I'm a little leery. But I would like to go across the pond and attend a couple of EPL games. I'll go with you. I fear, I, and I want to go to London. And go to one of the clubs there, and then I wanted to go to Manchester and go to a Manchester City game. But in recent months, we've had a bombing in Manchester, and we've had people getting run over by vans repeatedly in London. Dude, it's rough over there, man. So I'm kind of thinking maybe the terrorists won, at least for now, (laughs) and I'll get to the soccer, soccer match at some point. Maybe they just need Glenn and his lats over there to restore (laughs) order. Yeah, that's that's too. Um, that's no, too much. I would like to go to an EPL game. Yeah, I think that would be amazing. And apparently, according to Sports Sturm, you can just bet like in the oh in yeah the stadium. Oh yeah, it was so different when I was in Dublin. Like you walk down the street and like like we have CVSs here. They have sports books. Yeah, like you just walk in. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is what a country. <laughs> exactly, so free. <laughs> it just makes sports. And I think the only other one that comes to mind that I think we've, at least you and I, have discussed a little bit is making a couple Slam day. ball? No. <laughs> Lingerie football? Bonds versus brunettes? Yes. <laughs> um, no, the College World Series. Yeah. Which is not, I don't follow college baseball No, I just think it'd be a fun at all to be a part of. But everyone I know that's been has been basically in the same boat, and they've said, when you get there, and even if you don't have an affiliation rooting interest or whatever the atmosphere itself is just amazing so what you'd probably do is ask around and find out who the favorite best team was and just get their jersey 
Probably so. Put it on. Is it weird that you would basically be watching, like you said, the championship of you know collegiate baseball, and it's the one sport where none of those guys will be pro? That's not, not true. really true. It's not true. If That's they were going to be pro, they'd be in the Dominican. No, there's a there's a market for people that have experience that are highly seasoned. And this this shows how little that I follow it. They still use aluminum bats, right? Yeah. Okay. Because that when I was a kid, I was all in the College World Series, but it was only because they used the <laughs> aluminum bats Just and the like sound. Me. Yeah, the sound that it made and the fact that it seemed like they could. It's you know at the time it seemed like they were hitting the ball like a thousand feet. They probably were. I know they've had to cool those bats off yeah. a lot to keep. So nobody from, got killed. Yeah. Yeah. To bring the episode full circle. I want you guys to admit that that like you watch the national championship in football or basketball, and the best players on those teams are going pro, and you know it. And that's not the case in college there are, baseball. There are draft picks that are come out of college. I'm I'm I, I'm gonna. There are contest number that one point. overall picks that play in college. Yeah. I'm gonna contest that. You need to do. I looked up the IHOP dinner menu earlier. <laughs> you need to do some of the research online. This is your chicken cordon bleu. I will do that, and I will look at picks in the first three rounds. All right, here we go. So, and how 2017 many of them MLB draft first one one overall high school two overall uh, Notre Dame oh high school Notre Dame high school. <laughs> okay. That's too bad. Uh, okay, oh, number going well. uh, number four overall went to Louisville. So see, there you uh, go. So we had three high schools. Uh, so there's a city in the Dominican Louisville, called Louisville. Yeah. Uh, then the number five was a Vanderbilt guy, and then high school, then Virginia, Virginia, UC Irvine, high school, Missouri State. But we should high school, high school, high school, North Carolina. Yeah. So I, I think are any of these people though actually contributing on a major league team? They were drafted this year. Well, they Nobody w- that they was will, drafted this year. But the one thing to your point is you don't hear any Dominican names because they're not eligible for that right, draft. Right for the draft. Well, yeah. There's I'm different rules for yeah. international players. Yeah. I'm just saying the people that come and make an impact. The people that make an impact. <laughs> <laughs> you better hope. I'm going to go very easy here. When, when Tommy has his stupid baseball perspectives and you read down the list of draft picks they're excited about, none of them went to well, Vanderbilt. Well, typically, if you're if you're a really highly recruited prospect, they're going to be on to you before you go to college. Exactly. I, I'm not going to disagree with that. Hey, uh, Carlos Rodon, uh, North Carolina State, starter for the uh, – I'm looking at 2014 draft. Oh. Kyle Schwarber, Indiana. See? Uh, Aaron Nola, LSU. You need to drop yeah, this I, argument kind of like I'm he s- dropped that sandwich. I'm Brandon <laughs> Finnegan, TCU. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I think well, there's a lot of high school guys this year, though. Wow. Whatever happened to that, that Matt Perk guy that refused Boy, to sign with the Rangers? He, he, he made some poor decisions. Didn't he blow out a yeah, shoulder he, or something? He, he had a series of injuries. He's still bouncing around, but, I mean, he he's basically about to bounce out of the league, and he, he had his shot. What the Rangers offer him? I mean, like, he had the whatever the slot signing bonus was, and he thought he was worth more than that. And yeah. They they went to a stalemate. He went back to school, blew his arm out. He had to briefly play for the Fort Worth Cats, I think. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh my. Man. Now he's hanging out with Virgil. <laughs> but no, like the number one pick in 2014 was Brady Aiken, and he had a similar uh, path of arm arm distress. I believe he's bouncing around the like Phillies organization now or something. Like that. What college did he go to? High school. He went to college, high school. <laughs> Didn't even have a basketball. Well, that's what we need to do is we need to make a college to call high school. 
Okay, so we buy Grayson County Speedway. Maybe we can run the college out of... Do they have like a fuel Speedway? station there, some kind of enclosed building, a shed, that we could run our college <laughs> called high school out of there? Accepting applicants immediately. I ever tell you guys about my business? I came up with this business idea during the economic downturn, but that we would make a, a company that... Oh, already a red flag. Make a company. Yeah, so we would start a company, but our company business was to say that other people worked for us as like a cover story when they're interviewing. So we would we would like come up with 30 or 40 really legitimate housing business names. We would have a physical office location. We'd have a receptionist. And then if people called our business to check and make sure you really worked there, we'd be like, yeah, you know, he's in a meeting right now. He's our, and you can make up whatever title you want. And then you paid us a licensing fee every month to say you work for our company while you were searching for a job. Sounds like a money laundering operation. No, no, no. So like, also, say, why would you need a like a receptionist? Like, if I'm interviewing for a job, the place I'm interviewing is not calling the place I currently work. No, no, it's like a reference check. Like, you know, like man, this guy came in. And he said he, you know, he said he worked for Tommy 2.0 Associates. Is that a real company? And then they call, and there's a nice girl there, and she says, "Yeah, we're in the green building downtown on the 12th floor." And then sounds very Vandalay Industries. <laughs> it does. It's and then we a, collect licensing fees. It's not for a people. terrible idea. It's Horribly corrupt, but it's <laughs> dishonest. But it's yeah, not said, terrible. It's easier idea. to get a job when you have a job. I think that's a that's a well known fact. Basically, what everyone does now is just they claim they're like at their own name consulting. Right, but that's that's to get around this because I feel like that's the most hollow thing. You oh can yeah, see if you see that, you're like, oh, it's yeah. like, oh, I work at Glenn Consulting for the last four years. Like, what do you do at Glenn? Oh, we we consult with lots of big clients. We make widgets. <laughs> Which basically means I've watched through every season of The Wire. <laughs> Have you ever, and it floated around the internet, the uh, Australian guy that called? <laughs> it's a funny video. I think oh, it always goes back to nationality with this guy. Yeah. I think it was part of like a radio radio bit, but the uh, they called this like just random number, right? They just basically picked Glenn out of nowhere and called him. And the guy's bit was like, hey, man, he's like, I'm about to walk into an interview. He's like, they gave me this uh, reference film to fill out, and I have to have five, and I only have four. He's like, they probably won't call you, but it's an yeah. accounting job. Have you seen this video? No. It's really funny, and the guy's like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. So then they wait, and like the next day they call him, and they're like, hey, we had, and they say the guy's name, and he's like, you know, oh, yeah. And they, like, this guy is the greatest guy in the world, because they're like, well, how long have you known him? And, you know, what's your relationship? He's like, oh, you know, we play in the same football club, meaning soccer. Right. And they're like, oh, so he's, you know, he didn't strike me as much of a, an athlete. And he's like, oh, well, no, he just kind of hung around the team. And they're like, oh, you know, does he know, you know, he's dealing with some big clients. You know, how is he professionally? He's like, oh, well, he was the treasurer for our club. <laughs> like, like, it's really funny. Wow. The guy's awesome. And then they're like, so uh, he wrote down, he's bilingual. What other languages? <laughs> like, they just... And the guy just rolls with it. It's really, nice. really funny. I had uh, an idea in eh, probably high school, early college. They combined the forces of a CD warehouse oh, and, a, no. and a driving range. We'd have a driving <laughs> range slash CD store. Do you think that would have been a smart land investment? Which I was kind of a little bit ahead of the curve. You know, I was on a top golf track there. But, but CDs were a big part of it. And like you would listen to prospective CDs while you were dri- driving in the range to decide what you wanted to buy. It's like basically if someone's like, all right, well, 
I want to set up like a Uber style car service, but they only drive you to Circuit City. <laughs> so I didn't do that. That never that never happened. You were halfway to a good idea. I know. I because we were combining driving range and then used to when they had like sound warehouse or some of those you know, music stores and they would have like the top 20 on the pop charts whatever and they would have the cds there with the headphones and you could go and you could listen to it yeah and i was like how can i get this but i could i also like to hit golf balls <laughs> let's combine the when two. you first started down that story i thought for sure you're gonna say like you're you're tossing CDs like skeet shooting at a driving range. I thought that's where that that would be more applicable or appropriate now. Uh, Man, when's the last time you bought a CD? Um, I don't know. Last time Metallica released one. No, I don't think I have an actual. I think I just have the digital copy. Not a real fan, then. Yeah, I gotta look. I don't remember if I got it. I don't think I got a physical copy. It's probably been like four years then. Uh, I'm probably longer than that. <laughs> well, there you go. That's episode title and everything. So, see you next week.